Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Aaron Eisman, and this is the Not Hebrew School Podcast. This week's Torah portion is Parshat Mishpatim. We are going to jump right in. I am sitting here with the very holy and awesome Mr. Andrew Perlman. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. Are you ready to dive in? I cannot wait. Well, this is an incredible Torah portion. Uh, just a quick review. Last week, the Jewish nation got the Torah. Incredible spiritual energy. We haven't had an episode like this where the entire nation, the entire Jewish nation, had this incredible prophecy. They experienced God at Sinai. And this is they saw the thunder and they heard the lightning and whatever that means. But the entire nation experienced God. What incredible spiritual ecstasy. Imagine our most powerful spiritual experience, maybe on Yom Kippur or maybe at the Kotel or maybe, you know, going out of your way to help a friend. Like you have a good spiritual feeling, a connection of holiness, of completion, of self-expression. Imagine that times a million or a billion, right? Like, whoa, incredible. It was so powerful that when God gave the first of the Ten Commandments, the Jewish nation died. And, 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 and then God had to revive them. And then the second command, and they died again. It was so powerful, so intense. It was so all-encompassing that God had to revive them. And then after this, first and second, they said, Moses, we can't handle this. You get the Torah and, and, and you know, you'll transmit it. But the, the first two of the Ten Commandments, they heard directly, they experienced God, whatever that means. Right? It says uh, the, the, the simple, simple servants at the, at the uh, you know, at, at during this time were, were receiving prophecy, that, that incredible prophecy that has been by even the greatest prophets. So it was an intense spiritual experience. Connection to God. And then we get to this week's Torah portion. What's this week's Torah portion? Mishpatan. Laws. We go from such incredible ecstasy, such incredible spirituality and connection to just mundane laws of interpersonal relationships. Don't lend money on, on, with interest. You have money, share it. Don't you pay back your worker on time, right? You're not allowed to leave a day without paying back your worker. You gave, you gave him a, I'll tell you a funny story, but and I don't have too many workers working for me. Uh, certainly not day laborers. Uh, but I remember one time when my, when my son had a bar mitzvah. So we hired this, this guy to play music. And um, this is going back about 10 years ago, nine years ago. Um, and and I was, and you know, it gets late. It was like 2 a.m. And we finally got the kids into bed and I was in bed. And I was like literally dozing off, thinking about this incredible event. And suddenly I remembered I never paid the musician. Not, he didn't say you got to pay me that day. But it's all, you know, we hire you, we're going to pay you. But there's a law. You got you to pay him right away. So this man that you're looking at right now pulled himself out of it. And uh, um, got dressed 
And I didn't knock on his door because I, you know, I don't want to wake him up. But I, I put a check in his mailbox. Why? Because you're not, you got to pay your worker right away. There's so many mundane laws. If your enemy is someone, your enemy is someone, again, we got to talk what an enemy is, but he's traveling with a, uh, with a donkey load of stuff and his donkey collapses or he needs help to get him, you know, you got you to gotta help him. You got to, uh, there's so many mundane laws in the Torah. You're not allowed, right? If you're, you're not allowed to plow with a, with a, a cow and a donkey, a, a horse and a cow together. You know why? Because a, 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 a cow, excuse me, chews its cut, which means it regurgitates its food. That means it's chewing. It's always chewing. And the horse is like thinking, hey, what, what's, this, what's this guy's deal? He's, he keeps getting food. Well, I'm not getting anything. Why don't, why don't I get anything? We're showing a sensitivity to an animal that's so mundane, so regular. So, you know, we're talking, we're going from receiving the Torah to these, these mundane laws of interpersonal relationships and, 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 and also damaging, right? Like be careful with your property, be careful with your animals. They don't damage when you're, you know, you load your animal to, right? And, and, and it's going to sideswipe someone's property and, and do damage, right? So you're, 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 you're responsible. Right, be good in judgment. Right, don't just because someone's very, very wealthy, someone is very, very poor. Don't don't come to conclusions. Be very, very scrupulous. A, a law is a law. Doesn't matter who the person is. There's so many mundane laws. So Andrew, how could it be that we go from such incredible spirituality to such mundane humdrum, so to speak, humdrum everyday life? What do you say, my friend? Potentially that we're supposed to see the spirituality in in that mundanity, mundanity. Okay, amazing. So listen to this. In last week's Torah portion, I, we mentioned that God said, don't approach the mountain. But when the Jewish nation was going to be experiencing God, there will be an, an incredible desire to attach themselves. You know, the, the ultimate happiness is self-expression. And we are Part of ourselves is, is God. We're peace of the infinite. So there would be an incredible urgency to go attach ourselves to that incredible spiritual energy. So God said, don't approach the mountain. And this week's Torah portion tells us why. You know why? Because there are no shortcuts to spirituality. You know how you get, you know how you become spiritual? By taking care of your animals, by taking care of other people, by taking, being sensitive to others. If we can't, and that is the secret. The secret is to, uh, to get to climb a mountain. How do you climb a mountain? By being nice to people. If we can't relate to mankind and that which we can see and, and our world, our physical world, if we can't re relate to the physical world in an appropriate way, so then we definitely can't relate to God in, a, in, a, in, a, in an appropriate way. If we can't thank our wife or our mom or the waiter for dinner, right? So then we can't, how are we going to thank and appreciate all that God does for us? Mankind is sort of a practice zone. It's, it's sort of a, a uh, the, the minor leagues, perhaps, uh, to spirituality. It's a ladder, right? If you, you treat others appropriately, so then you'll be able to relate to God. If you, right, there's a myth out there that someone's very, very spiritual, very, very, but he's not a very good person. It's impossible. It's impossible to be a spiritual person, a godly person without being a good person because we sort of practice on people by being kind to each other, by being good to each other. So that's how we 
can work on character to develop uh, into a great person. Like marriage is so important. And, you know, in, in Judaism, a, a person who is single is considered incomplete until you know, the joke goes, right? You're, you're single, you're incomplete, and then you're married, you're finished, right? But, 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 but the truth is a single person is considered incomplete. Why? Because we complete ourselves by getting married, by living in close quarters with somebody very, very different than us. And that brings out the best in us. And, and we try to, and we make sure not to be angry and to be kind and sensitive. Well, when kids come along, if you're blessed enough to have children, that's even, wow, like so many opportunities to practice being kind. The baby wakes up in the middle of the night and, and there's so many times that, you know, you know, your wife wants to do one thing, you want to go something else, right? There's money issues. There's, there's a difference of interests, right? There's so many opportunities to be kind and giving and caring. And that, those opportunities is how we climb the mountain. That's how we get to spirituality. You wanna have the most euphoric spiritual experience? Be nice to people. Don't, don't miss out an opportunity to be nice. You know, we go to work, you know, a person's in finance or, or wherever, uh, in sales, right? It would be insane to lose an opportunity of a, a big sale, right? As a big client, you're at, you're at a party. Oh my gosh, you know that guy? He's got a, let's say you do real estate. That guy, he owns six apartment buildings. You know, you go over, hey, how are you? Right? Hey, I sell whatever, right? It would be insane to lose an opportunity to make a big sale, make a big profit. It's insane to lose an opportunity to not grow and to not work on ourselves, right? If somebody insults us, it's insane to not seize that opportunity to control our anger. What a great opportunity. How many times are we fortunate enough to be insulted? And if we're insulted publicly, whoa, what a great opportunity to work on ourselves. And if uh, you know, someone asks us for a favor and we really don't want to do it, wow, that's a great opportunity to sort of work on ourselves. All these opportunities, all these challenges that come our way that we, as we're going through life, they're like sales. We have to grab them. We have to, uh, we have to, you know, we have to embrace them because these, these, this is what, this is how we climb the mountain. This is how we express our true self. We express our true self by, by, by seizing opportunities to bring out our true self, right? If, so, if someone insults us, it's possible to not respond. So if it's possible to not respond, so that means we could not respond. We are able to not respond, and therefore. We could do it. And therefore, if we don't, then we're not exercising that muscle. So this week's Torah portion with all the mundane laws, all the, all the simple, simple laws that uh, you have to judge favorably and be kind and, 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 and don't steal and be careful, you know, be careful with, with your actions because you have to be loving, right? You can't just be spiritual. You have to be very, very practical, not to damage anyone else. And through that daily day, through that, everyday sort of humdrumness of our lives. That is how we reach the ultimate spiritual ecstasy because that is how, that is, that is how we mold our body to be incredibly spiritual by seizing every opportunity. So that is lesson number one, my friends, in Parsha Mishpatim. It is a list of laws and do's and don'ts and being careful about other people and being kind to others and 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 don't don't uh, uh, don't don't um, don't what's the word don't don't hurt a widow and an orphan right be careful for uh, 
uh, you know, be careful with other people's feelings. So by living a life of sensitivity and caring, so then that's how we that's how we climb the mountain. So the way we 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 return the way we return to the state of this incredible prophecy is through the people around you. And that's why it's so important to, to you know, how long will we live? You know, hopefully we'll live 100 years, 120 years, right? But this, this, this we got to seize every opportunity, every sale to achieve incredible greatness. What do you say, my friend? That's uh, beautiful. I think it's, I love the concept that it's interaction with other people is practice for personal spirituality and a relationship with God. Um, I think there's a lot of power in that. And a lot of it is mindset. You know, if, you, if you're going through the day uh, looking for, uh, you know, like, oh, I just want to be comfortable and well-fed and not bothered. So then often we'll be triggered by, you know, someone gets upset, someone's going too slow or, right? But if we look at the world as opportunities to grow, so then we're like, wow, look at this. I have so many, so many, so many great opportunities to become great by, by the people in my life. By I can be kind and caring and, and giving. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number two in this Torah portion, it, excuse me, it also talks about an indentured servant. An indentured servant is, is somebody who is a Jew who is working as sort of as a slave or a servant to someone else, whether if they stole money, the law and the Torah, right? Instead of going to jail, sometimes uh, tragically, someone does a crime, they go to jail and then in jail, they learn how to be a better criminal, right? They're sort of hanging out with other criminals and uh, learning better tricks so that, uh, you know, it's not a very rehabilitative uh, process, right? Guy goes to jail, it's not a very good place to hang out with other people who are in jail. But in the Torah, if somebody steals then they, they ha- and they can't repay, if they, if they could repay, they have to repay, and double, a double, and sometimes more, right? So they have to repay. But but if let's say they can't repay, somebody steals an expensive, uh, you know, expensive cow, right? So it's a two two thousand dollar cow, whatever. He can't repay it, so he needs to work as a servant to the owner to pay off, to pay off his debt, and therefore he's in a good environment with good people, and he's sort of learning how to uh, how to improve. Anyway, but this person is called an indentured servant. Now, I'm sorry, this call is called an Eved Ivri. Now, he's not called an Eved Yisrael, a Jewish servant. It's called an Eved Ivri. And, and Ivri is not the, you know, is not the glorious term of a Jew. The question is, why is this person not uh, not given that title of a Jew? He's still a Jew, right? And the answer of Victor Miller gives a beautiful, beautiful answer. And that is because he is not obligated in all the mitzvah. There's, there's a uh, He's not obligated in all the mitzvah. And listen to this. Here's a, here's a question for you. You ready? What is better, to be obligated in something or to do it voluntarily? I'll give you an example. Let's say your mom, let's say your, your mom's at work and you're home and you're like, my mom is so tired. You know, I, she works so hard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook dinner tonight. And you voluntarily go and cook dinner. That's case number one. Number two is that your mom calls you up and says, yo, Andrew, I'm so tired. You know, could you mind cooking dinner? In which case do you think it is a better deed that you did? What, what's better, to do it voluntarily or to do it when you're commanded? I'm not sure if I can say which is better. I think that it's dependent on the mindset you have while you do it either way. 
Um, but I guess my gut wants to say voluntarily, but I also think there's like a lot of uh, beauty in, in gladly agreeing if it's uh, commanded of you. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that, so you're right. You're, you know, our instinct is of course it's better to volunteer, but the answer is actually, no, it's better to do it when you're commanded because when you're commanded, there's this uh, as humans, egotistical, selfish, self-centered people. Sometimes if someone's telling you to do something, it's an automatic throwing off of the, of the, of the, the yoke throwing off of the, of the bossiness. I don't know. I don't want to do it. Right. So when I do it voluntarily, I have my own terms, my own good, goodwill. It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not the ultimate. There's a, there's a, a rabbi in the Talmud, and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi was blind. And Rabbi Yossi was blind, and he thought that blind people are not obligated in certain mitzvot. He was very excited to hear that because he did all the mitzvot anyway. So he's not obligated. So he was very excited to, to, to hear that he was going beyond the, the call. And then he heard this idea that, no, it's better, it's better if you're commanded. And then he was, he, he, was, he was hoping that the law was, which in fact it is, that it's better to be com- commanded and do it. And then he was so excited that he's commanded and he still does it. So this Evid Ivry, he's not, he's not given this glorious name of a Jew is because he's not commanded in everything. And if we're not commanded in everything, so then we're not, we're, 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 we're not reaching our full potential. And that is, uh, you know, that's, by the way, that's the, uh, the, the source of bar mitzvah and bar mitzvah. Why do, we, why do we have a bar and bar mitzvah party? Because we, you know, when you're 11, 10, 9 years old, you're allowed to do these mitzvah, but you're not commanded to. You're not commanded until a girl is 12 and a boy is 13. We're not commanded to do the mitzvah. And therefore, we make a party because now we're commanded. We're sort of being recruited to the army. You know, the first case, we were sort of a volunteer, right? Now we're recruited to the army. You must do this. And when I must do it, I can achieve much greater, uh, <clears throat> much greater level. Why? Because I, I, I can, when, when I'm, I'm sort of compelled by God to do something, so then I can dig deep and really achieve my true potential because I'm sort of uh, connecting to God. I'm, I'm responding to God's command. Don't blend with interest. Uh, don't, you know, don't, don't abuse a, a widow or orphans. You know, be kind to your workers, be kind to your animals. When we have all these things and I'm responding, not out of my goodness in my heart, but it's much more pure. It's much more real. And it's much more all encompassing. Because it's not bound by my desire. If I'm commanded to not abuse my worker, even if I'm having a bad day, even if I'm in bed after a long bar mitzvah, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed to abuse your worker. But sometimes our values or the values in the world can be can change depending on the environment. Unfortunately, the Jewish people have seen throughout history, right, that we're not always treated, and there's a lot of minorities, right, that we're not that that the that not all are created equal. Right, that there's morals and ethics. They say the Nazis, uh, before they round, when they rounded up Jews, they were they would worry about their pets. Right, they would take care of the, their animals. Why? Because we got to be moral. Right, we don't want a, a dog to starve. Right, but what about the, the people? Okay, so we're not we're we're sort of when when your values are self-imposed. So then, 
who, you know, then it's, uh, you, you, you never know when it's going to be there. But if we're reacting to command by God, then it's, it transcends all situations, whether you're in a good mood or bad mood, you're having a toothache, you're not having a toothache, you got to fight with your wife, you didn't, whatever it is, you always have to be on your game. So the second, the second and final lesson from this week's Torah portion is, it's great that we're commanded in all these little things. And the more we embrace these little things, the higher, the, the faster we can climb up the mountain to achieve incredible spiritual connection. And that's what the name of the game is, that uh, live long, grab opportunities, and that's how we, that's how we fully express ourselves. Hey! Have a beautiful Shabbat, everybody. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. My email is rabbie at meor.org. I would love to hear from you. And if you are kind enough to leave us a review, that would make our podcast even more widespread and uh, hopefully uh, contribute to the all the beautiful Torahs out there. Have a beautiful Shabbos. Looking forward to next week, my friends.